Welcome to the new No Limits pod where we tackle one topic for, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. And today's topic is the New York Knicks. I am Ankit Singh. I'm here with Alex Lamport, the editor-in-chief of the Binge Watchers Mafia. How are you, Alex? I'm doing great. I haven't been here for a while because I've had like a a fiasco where I'm trying to pack up all my shit and move it back to New York City so I can be five blocks away from Madison Square Garden again. I can't fucking wait because, I mean... 2017 Eastern Conference semifinalist New York Knicks. Here we come, baby. Let's go. The guy you hear chuckling is another friend of ours, Jake Falk. First time Potter on the Binge Watchers Mafia. How are you, Jake? I'm good. You know, first time, long time. I'm honored to be on here. And, yeah. Uh, ready to talk. What better topic to talk about than the New York Knicks? Right. Before My favorite we, topic. Yeah, before we get into the details, just uh, talk about your Knicks fandom. How long have you been a Knicks fan? Oh man, I have. <laughs> my fandom goes back to uh, the days of Patrick Ewing and the the glory. That actually the glory days of Alan Houston and with Charles Spurrier. That's the first thing I really remember. Who's your favorite fourth. Nick of all time? Favorite Nick of all time, probably with Charles Spurrier. Played with so much heart, a lot of defense, just a great talent. And also, Carmel. I have a soft slot in my heart for Carmelo Anthony. All right, there's well, a lot, that's of, there's a lot of haters out there, but I do love him. Carmelo Anthony sucks. There you go. He's Hater a number one. Twenty. 20- <laughs> He sucks up 20 seconds in the shot clock and then shoots a terrible jump shot. He moved the ball well this last year, and I think with more talent, he uh, may do better this year. Oh, did he? I, I didn't really watch. <laughs> no, one, no one did. It's okay. It was it was a good thing. Good year not to watch. Yeah, Lamport, you're a Knicks fan, but I don't think you – did you – were you always a Knicks fan? No, I have always been a Knicks fan. My first vivid memory of them, and Jake will definitely agree about this, is the Larry Johnson four-point play. The conference finals, 1999. Uh, they're playing the Pacers, and fra- frankly, the Knicks get this ludicrous call uh, to, to help them win that series, but it, it was so exciting. I didn't even know four-point plays existed in basketball up until that point, um, and I, I was hooked with the team from that point on. Uh, oddly enough, I think my favorite Nick of all time is Latrell Sprewell. Uh, not, not because he did anything all that great or anything, of his but dreads. Just, just the attitude with which he played and the dreads. He was he was my first exposure to dreads too. I lived a very sheltered childhood apparently. Yeah. No <laughs> plays, no dreadlocks. But uh, you know, th- this Knicks team saved me from that, and uh, I I've been hooked ever since. And the Charles Spewell definitely choked out the competition. <laughs> All right. So, how long have you been sitting on that joke, Jake? About ten seconds. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, I want to talk big picture first. This is the best Knicks roster in X amount of years. For me, it's the best roster since '99. Wow. What do you That's guys? That's a bold think? statement. What do you guys think? I was I was gonna say it's it's a little premature to go all the way back to '99 for that sort of thing. I would I would at least. I mean, three or four years ago, I can't remember the exact year, but the Knicks won 52 games and were a two-seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, 2012-2013 New York Knicks. Okay, so... 54 games. So, yeah, we're coming up on four years from now, mm-hmm. or four years ago. Uh, I think I think there's no way to say that this roster, before we actually see it out on the court, um, even though, Jake, I think you and I both think there are some savvy moves were actually made, we can't really 
say for sure it's going to be better than a 54-win team until we actually see it manifest on the court, at least for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, 50, I'd take 54 wins right now, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd set up that in a heartbeat. Have they had 54 wins in the 54. past seasons combined? No, I mean, 50, I mean, they, I probably not. Yeah, I think it's probably the best roster since then. I'd say definitely, without a doubt, the best roster since then. Um, in terms of how far they could go, they're not going to go past the second round of the playoffs, probably. Well, in, so, in 2012, they made uh, they lost in the first round, right? No, no they, they won the first round. They lost the second round. Oh, okay. Their one playoff series win this millennium Yep, came that year. Versus um, and, and I should point out before we before we start throwing out this kind of hyperbole, we, we as Knicks fans we've been duped before with stuff like this. There, there were trades for Stephon Marbury. There were trades for Antonio McDice. There were trades for Steve Francis and Tracy McGrady. All that happened to take place uh, a couple years past these guys' prime, which you can argue the Knicks have done with all of the players they've brought in as well. So I think there is reason to be a little uh, on edge, but I think there are also reasons to be very optimistic. I mean, the Knicks Definitely. haven't had a lot of optimism in the last, I think, since 2012, right? Have they? Have they? I haven't. No, I said they haven't. They haven't. Okay, yeah, I have not. <laughs> so I, I don't know. This, I mean, you have to be happy if you're a Knicks fan. If you're not happy now, then you're never going to be happy. Well, the way I see it is that if if like if the goal was to be a, a playoff team and just a playoff team, then Knicks made every single right move this offseason. If it was to be a, like a, a second round exit in the playoffs, but at the same time, how good is being a second round exit in the playoffs? If you're not building for long term, then what exactly are you doing? And that's my kind of question with these moves. Okay, so there's, there's also something to be said to the notion that. I mean, I actually think that Phil Jackson, um, for those of you who don't know, I assume it'll be few, but he's in charge of all these moves here. Um, he's, he's kind of in a tough corner, essentially, because he has to make a team that's competitive for Carmelo Anthony, or because Carmelo Anthony is going to stay, whether it's good for him or not, and yep. if the team is just tanking, tanking all the way down to the top of the lottery he's just going to be miserable the whole time and it's going to be another two or three depressing years uh, with the Knicks until uh, he get he's out of his contract. So there definitely is something to be said to just trying to build a somewhat competitive team. And, I mean, like, who even cares at this point? You're not the Warriors or the Cavs. So but why even worry about, you know, whether you're, the eighth best team or the thirtieth best team. The way I oh, see it ahead. right now, if you're in the Eastern Conference, right, you are playing for four years from now, right? When I agree. Le- when LeBron retires after his whatever fifth or sixth championship, <laughs> right? If he, I'm Not, saying, that's I'm, six. There's an if, right? And LeBron is the best athlete in multiple generations. So he might play till he's like 37, and he might win till he's like, the East at least, till he's 37. Before it's all said and done, LeBron could make like the NBA Finals for like 11 straight years or something like that. So you got every team in the East should be building towards 2024 in my mind, or like 2022. Because I, I don't see the Cavs losing with Kyrie and LeBron 
until that time, unless there's Just an injury. Just like the Republican Party building for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you manage to get somehow get past LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, you have to face this four-headed monster known as the Golden State Warriors. So either way, you're not winning a championship. So, right. so is that is that all right? Like, like Jake, as a fan, I know you're sort of – you kind of at least respect the hinky idea of go and get yourself some super good draft talent. Yeah. That's the only real way to do it. Are you all right with just building a team that might be kind of fun to watch for the first time in a few years, or would you have rather them gone the other way? Well, the only way to go completely the opposite way is to trade Carmelo Anthony. And like you said, he he has that no-trade clause, which they did not need to offer him, by the way, but that's besides the point. (laughs) He has that no-trade clause. He doesn't want to play anywhere else. So if you're stuck with Carmelo, I don't mean like stuck with, but if you do have Carmelo Anthony, then you're not going to be terrible enough to be in the top five in a lottery, at least not with Carmelo Anthony and Chris Hatsworzingis. So if you're not doing that, then yeah, I'm, I'm okay with them. I'm okay with the moves they made this offseason. But if you can convince Carmelo Anthony to leave and you trade Robin Lopez, who is such a valuable contract for picks instead of a washed-up Derrick Rose, then you have your first-round pick this year. You get a first-round pick, and then now you're really talking. You're building towards something in the future. Oh yeah, it would have been it would have been delightful, but it probably just wasn't realistic based on the situation they were in. And I kind of feel like it, because in a vacuum, I kind of like each of the transactions, and maybe we'll go through them move by move and sort of talk about them a little bit. But I I, I just I do like each of the moves that were made. I, it, it's just more the overall approach that gets at uh, the the sort of Knicks fan. The, the intelligent Knicks fan, let's say. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. We can go through those moves individually yeah, if you want. We're going to go through the moves one by one, but before we do any of that, just big picture, I think the Zen master kind of lost his Zen <laughs> because he made a lot of moves that weren't very, like, I don't think are good because they're not going to win this year. And they should have tanked in front of this draft because it's supposed to be, it's projected to be the best in a while. But. Right? I, I kind of understand. Like, if, you, if you're taking what Alex is saying, is like we're, they're not tanking. So the goal is to not tank. Yeah. Then if you take that out of it, like okay, they're not tanking. Then I then I agree with Alex. I think every move was the right move. I, th- I think yeah. you almost have to assume that, like yes, in an ideal world, the Knicks would be tanking. But yes. based off the circumstances presented to Phil Jackson, tanking was not an option. All yeah. right. Let's go I through agree. it move by move. Robin Lopez for Derrick Rose. And and uh, Jose Calderon and, Jamie and Gray. yeah whatever it's Robin Lopez for Derek. Hey, we got <laughs> Justin Holiday. That's the point. He's um, a decent backup shooter. Anyway, go okay. on. Okay, so so something I did sort of planning is I sort of just thought about how I would grade these moves. This is actually my lowest one. Uh, I give it a C. Uh, I, I I get the idea of trading uh, for Derek Rose is kind of low risk because it's, it's the last year of his contract, and if injuries derail him yet again, uh, he'll just walk, uh, and it won't be that, you know, wash your hands of it, no big deal. Uh, but it is kind of uh, concerning that you trade away one of the best contracts in, in the league, honestly, uh, that would have provided you so much cap flexibility, and one of your young players who might have turned into something it Jerry and Grant because the Knicks there's still it, you still need potential with this team and the Knicks the Knicks sacrifice a lot of their 
a potential to improve from within uh, in this trade. Uh, that being said, I've loved Derek Rose for a long time. I have a Bulls jersey of his. Uh, if I wasn't too cheap, I'd consider getting a Knicks jersey. <laughs> uh, so paint it, just paint it blue. <laughs> <laughs> I have to change the number too, though. He's twenty-five At, now. Uh, to the point. The yeah. Knicks uh, have taken their potential and put it into two words: Kristaps Porzingis. Yep. That that's their that that is their potential. Because this move, I thought, was like to make Porzingis a five, right? Well, that's what I thought too, and I was I was very okay with that because he's a rainbow unicorn, uh, a, like a, a like a complete freak of basketball, and he's going to be able to be a defensive protector who happens to just stretch out, chill, and pop some three pointers. Let, let's be honest, like Kristaps Porzingis, if he achieves. His ultimate, ultimate potential. He's Anthony Davis. He's what Anthony Davis was two years ago, maybe. Is this is this the part of the podcast we start masturbating Christoph's for Vegas Porzingis? Because my pants no, are no, that hasn't ready. started yet. We'll save that for the end. We'll okay, see. we'll save, save that for the end. No, no. Talk, we'll talk, talk about, about the Derrick Rose. What What did you think about the Derrick Rose trade, Jake? In terms of, I think. Well, I'll, I'll give it a grade. I prepared for this podcast by just watching old Derrick Rose highlights, and my the God, worst so way to do it. You should watch his old <laughs> surgeries. Is the best way to do it. Oh, uh, but it was so much more fun watching the old ones. Anyway, uh, in terms of like what point guards were available this offseason, Mike Connolly wasn't leaving, right? He wasn't leaving Memphis. He was always going back there. Well, and then, the, then there was no one else. There was not one point guard available this offseason. That's true. So, so in terms of that, if you had to go get a point guard, then yes, getting Derrick Rose was a good, was a good move. Even though he's not the same player he used to be, he's still a decent point guard when healthy and when being the important word there. But like, like Lamport said, trading a very valuable contract in Robin Lopez is what really, really hurt me. I think that if you're going to sign a center anyway, might as well keep a valuable center like Robin Lopez, who's on a great contract while then spending, while instead of spending a bunch of money on Joakim Noah. And in terms of Jaron Grant, he never really impressed me much. So I don't really mind that trade giving him up but giving up robin lopez i don't think was well the knicks story. weren't gonna get him if they gave if they didn't give up i robin disagree lopez. i think that the the bulls really wanted to trade derrick rose and they had no other takers there was not one other team on the market that was going to take him so in that if that's the case then i don't understand why they had to offer up robin lopez something interesting to me you know, is is if we sort of try to visualize how rose will look with the knicks is I've heard a lot of and read a lot of uh, ideas basically comparing it to the, uh, and you'll appreciate this, Carmelo Anthony, Allen Iverson tandem. No, that no, no. Fr- this is nothing like work. that. Um, and I, I disagree with that notion yeah, uh, that sure. it, it works because mainly to me, Carmelo is a very different player now than he was with Denver uh, in that he shoots a lot more threes and makes a lot more threes. So. Yeah. I just don't think I don't and he's think less athletic. So yeah, he's he's a very different player than he was in two thousand seven or whatever. He's not as ball dominant. Yeah, I, I don't. I do not think it's the same ball spacing or ball usage issue that it was. And I'm actually kind of interested to see how they play with each other because I think you know if Rose actually had a really great second half last year, it gets overlooked just because of all the injury doldrums he, he went through earlier. And 
the Bulls, I think they missed the playoffs last year, so it was just a bad year all around there. But if he, if he like remotely resembles the player he was, I think it could be a pretty good uh, scoring tandem with him and Melo. Just a nice one-two punch. All right, let's move on to Noah Lamport. What do you what do you think about the long Noah ad? Uh, my a monster there, contract, by the way. I I know the. Well, it's tough with the contracts. I, yeah, it's hard to look at that. I don't know what to make with the salary cap and and how it translates into who's getting paid what. So, like, we paid Noah $72 million, I think it was. The Lakers paid Timofey fucking Mozgov 60-something million. <laughs> All right. I think I would rather have Joachim Noah for $10 million more than Timofey Mozgov. If the contracts are going to be that ridiculous, maybe this one is not that bad. I give this one a B because understanding that large contract, I think he and Porzingis can be a very interesting front court tandem with sort of complementary skills. And you base you have two seven footers who can protect the rim. Who plays so even the five? if everyone is going to be able to dribble past Derrick Rose, it might be a tough time to finish around the rim against this team. Who I'm, plays I'm the five? To see how it goes. But Noah is an amazing defensive center and a really good passer. Yeah, you, you were gonna say something again. Yeah, who plays the five? Noah does. So Porzingis is at power forward. Yeah, yeah you have a seven it. foot two power forward. He did it all of last year. That's fair. Remember so, that uh, Kurt Rambis once considered playing Chris Saps at the three. But, Although that is no, Kurt no. My, my question <laughs> is like the whole point of get getting rid of Robin Lopez was to transition Porzingis into the five. That that was the narrative I kind of understood. And now you're saying you're going to pick up Noah, who's seven feet tall, who's going to play the five, so you didn't want him at the five, so then why'd you get rid of Robin Lopez, who had the best contract? You for know? me, I, I think they knew they were going to sign Noah. I think they, I think that this was in the works for a while, and I think that's why they got rid of Robin Lopez. So you just replaced Robin Lopez with a very expensive Joaquin Noah. And I know expensive is relative because LeBron's probably going to make 250 after this season, <laughs> right? So right. And so, like, all these big contracts with big men, I I think it's all worth it, right? Because the Cavs paid Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. But in one year, the max is going to go up to, like, $50 a year or something. Yeah. Or 40 So it's it's all relative. And honestly, if the cap's going up again, better to pay him all that money this year than next year. No, I absolutely agree. But you had Robin Lopez. But I think a healthy Joe Kim Noah... Is better is is much better. Than he's, he's an exceedingly better player than Robin Lopez. He is. It brings you, if healthy, we, we have to throw out these caveats, but so much more offensively than Robin Lopez did. Also, his motor is kind of incredible, Joakim yep. Noah. You you get a hundred percent of Joakim Noah. He was a, he was MVP candidate two years ago. Like he was in top five MVP voting two years ago. I can't so. fact check that, but it sounds right. This is probably always an overrated thing, but the Knicks fans are going to love that guy. Yeah, for sure. He's he, like he'll be a garden hero even if the Knicks win like thirty five games this year, All which right. is highly possible. Let's move to a quieter move, Courtney Lee. Now we start getting into the good stuff, Jake. Why don't you <laughs> first here? Because I know you love this guy. Yeah, Courtney Lee is the the absolute. He every team he goes on, he makes that team better. Every single team. Well, and then why does he keep going to different teams if they're so good? That's a good question. Mm. <laughs> but truth is, he's a perfect cop. He doesn't need the ball to score. He's a spot-up three-point shooter. No, he's, he's not. Great... No, he's yes, not. Yes, he is. Yes, Courtney he is. Lee is a, not a three-point shooter. Yes, he, he is. He is a mid-range shooter. Oh, 
he is not a mid shooter. He's a three-point shooter. Keep talking, shooter. but I'm going to look up Courtney Lee's uh, three-point percentage, and you're going to be so wrong, it's going to be hilarious. It was 392 this year, which is good. 39%? Yeah, 39%. Holy shit, I'm wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's, he's a good spot on three-point shooter. He doesn't need the ball to score. He's going to score his 10 points a game. He's going to play great defense. He's the most un-Nixy player you could possibly have in the New York Knicks. So it's the it's the perfect acquisition. Um, they needed a, they desperately needed a wing defender desperately. I cannot say that enough. And he yeah. is uh, the perfect acquisition and my favorite move of the offseason. Thirty eight thirty percent career. Three yeah, thirty eight percent on two point seven per game, which isn't a lot. I mean, he took close to three a game last year, so it's not like he's not taking. That's drinks. not a lot to be honest. Like it's I mean, for, it's, for how few minutes he's playing, I, th- I think it is. I mean, so he's basically what, three the, and D. Yeah, three, three and D kind of guy, yep. right? So name another player, and I want to see how many threes they shoot. Gerald Green, who's a, who's a more of a three point shooter, but we can look at Gerald Green. All right, let's look at yeah. So he takes three point seven a game. He took yeah. Three, last three years, he took six point two, five point two, three point eight. That's a lot of threes. Right, yeah. so that's a lot more threes than uh, Courtney Lee. But what I will say is he it's a good contract, right, which is great. Right. And there, it's a defender, which is important. Because you need – in today's NBA, you need one guy who can stop people on the wing. And Courtney Lee kind of fulfills that role. He's, he's, he's now their best perimeter defender. Yep. So, that, so I think that's a great pickup. So you guys give it what, A's? Or you gave it a B, Lamport, right? I'll, I'll give it a B plus. How can think, you not give about, it an A? No, no, I'm going to give it an A minus. Uh, just because you're I, saving I, your A for Brandon Jennings, I know what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> saving my A for Brandon Jennings. Can I point out that this is so much better to get Courtney Lee than the alternative? Uh, the speculation that Eric Gordon was going to be on this team. Courtney oh is such a better fit to what the Knicks already have on their roster, uh, and I it was it was such a smart move, and that's the kind of move that I don't feel like the the Knicks have done at all recently. They would, especially in the Isaiah Thomas GM era, they would always chase the stats instead of worrying about like imagining, oh, how is this guy going to fit on the team? Uh, so, so this is just a lot better of an idea. It, it was a great signing, um, and I look forward to watching him play. I'm just looking at Courtney Lee's stat a little bit closer, and like the dude does not shoot a lot of threes. To say he's a good three-point shooter off percentage is such a misnomer. He do, he just doesn't take a lot of threes, to be honest. I think he'll take more this year. Yeah. Jake, what did you give him? You give it like A? I'll give it A. I'll give yeah. it A. All right. Uh, My favorite move was Brandon Jennings because they got him was. at a fucking $5 million a year. That's nothing. But it's a one-year deal, right? So yes. to, to me, it's like Brandon Jennings wants to come and prove himself in New York and then get a bigger contract <laughs> elsewhere. But which is fine. It works perfectly for the Knicks. He's the one guy who, I, like, I can count on to probably not get hurt and still put up <laughs> 18 plus a game, which is huge. The Knicks need that. Didn't what? he have a massive injury recently? He did. He missed most of last year. No, but th- that's the only one. When has he missed games before that? I, you, you're right. But I, I'm just saying one injury often portends the next five or six. Um, yeah, maybe. No but matter when it happens. He's been relatively injury free in his career. And it's okay. been a long career so far. Oh, at any rate, I you're right. The signing is amazing. Five million dollars, with, with which the way the cap is going, that's basically like the veterans' minimum, right? To possibly play a major important role 
on this team if Derrick Rose goes sideways. It's a real cover-your-ass move to just sort of say to themselves, they have a great insurance policy for Derrick Rose now. Uh, the only reason I don't give it an A+, plus is because they had to get rid of Langston Galloway to do it, and I actually really like Langston Galloway. Not that's not necessarily true. Oh, oh, you think they could bring him back? It's possible, but go on. Oh, well, then maybe it's an A+. Plus. But uh, I, I really liked... I've always enjoyed Langston Galloway's game. He brings the everything you want out of a backup guard, and I do worry a little bit that Jennings, as a backup point guard, will be too ball-dominant on a unit that you know has Derek Williams, who needs the ball in his hand. Is he going to resign? Yeah, is he... Uh, oh, is it, uh, I didn't realize he was a free agent. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he opted out. Oh, okay. Well, then, good riddance. Uh, <laughs> then, yeah, you know what? Uh, just give it to Lance Thomas for some threes, and we'll be good. But, but yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a brilliant move. Yeah, fun fact. I looked at Brandon Jennings' basketball reference page. His nickname is the Pterodactyl. What? Uh, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. The I have ter- no idea why. The Pterodactyl? Why? The Pterodactyl is his nickname. Go to his basketball reference page right now. It's, wow. it's pretty funny. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great acquisition. Yeah, I think this is my favorite move. It's I think it's an A plus. I think best case, Brandon Jennings is what Isaiah Thomas was to Boston like last year or the year before, right? Where he just he's the guy who scores a lot off the bench because Boston doesn't really have a bench that can score, and he just supply he just keeps the momentum going. And it's a good insurance policy against a Derrick Rose injury. So, more importantly than anything else, uh, the Knicks needed a lefty after David Lee's departure. Uh, so <laughs> now, now, He left like four I, years ago. Well, it's been a, it, I haven't really paid attention these past four years. There hasn't been <laughs> so, uh, bear, bear with me there. Uh, the Knicks needed a lefty. They got their lefty. Uh, he'll do some good things. He'll, he'll have some moments this coming season. He'll, he'll have a game where he drops like 45 in the garden and beat some team the Knicks should not beat. Uh, and that'll be really exciting. All right, the last one, Jeff Hornacek. Oh, yeah, that's... That, that's uh, Wait, we're missing one of my favorite deals of the offseason, Lance Thomas, resigning. I'm not yeah. going to talk about Lance Thomas. <laughs> Can we talk about this Lithuanian the Knicks signed today? Who? He throws, he's, his mixtape has him throwing down, uh, just saying. <laughs> let's, let's see if I can pronounce this name. Uh, Min, Mindaugas Kuzminskis. Just Minkus. Minkus. Kuzmingus. Kuzmingus. <laughs> okay. Uh, he'll, he'll, he might be fun. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, they, they have Herman Gomez. They have Kuzmingus. They have Porzingis. A lot of, a lot of Z's and, <laughs> and Ziggs and Zugs. And it's good. International team for an international city. It's a cosmopolitan team for a cosmopolitan city. That's exactly what we it's want. It's an exceedingly mediocre team for a... Exceed, don't say exceedingly <laughs> mediocre city. For a non-mediocre city. Okay, that's that's what we need. <laughs> All right, talk about Jeff Hornacek. I know nothing about this guy besides he used to be like the fourth wheel on a pretty decent jazz team in the 90s. Well, you don't know he was he was the coach of the Suns for like three years? No, I didn't know that. Did yeah. you know he has a hot daughter? Yes, I did know that. There you go. Uh, that, I'm, that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which is more important for his position as the Knicks head coach. But uh, I mean, Jake, I, I sort of had the sense that he kind of got screwed over at the job in Phoenix. Yeah, they had a bunch of injuries and things started to go poorly, and that might be partially on him. But they did lose their their point guards, and he tends to be a point guard down that coach. 
Um, and he did, yeah, they kind of showed him the door pretty quickly. I well, think they he, traded Goran Dragic, right? Who was yeah, probably, that was his guy. Yeah, that was and his Isaiah guy. And Thomas, immediately, yep. basically immediately after they got him. They went from three good point guards to one above average point guard. And Brandon Knight. Yeah, who's awful. Oh, I, I think Jeff Hornacek is like a meh coach. It's not really special to me. I think it's an incomplete grade. We don't really know. Uh, it's because... an N slash A? Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's an N slash A. Nice. <laughs> I've been waiting for an N slash A my whole life. So we'll have to see. Uh, I, actually, I actually really like this hire. I think he showed a lot of creativity. Is it because he's white? creativity in the Suns. Is it... And then, go on, what were you going to say? Is it because he's white? It is not because it's white. <laughs> and, and, and remember how Kurt Rambis was the interim coach? Yeah. If if he had if he had come back, I would have quit as a Knicks fan. I, I would have given not. this offseason F. But since right. it's, it's not, I know I, I do think he has some potential. I think he was a pretty creative coach um, with the Suns. They did not have much talent, and he did pretty well there. And I'm excited to see what he could do. I, I I'm hopeful. Also, a good sign that he was going to go replace um, Luke Walton with the. Uh, with the Golden State Warriors. So, if a smart organization oh, like I that, about that shows some faith in him, then I think it's a good sign. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't know I didn't know about that. Yep. That, is, that is a good indication that he, he's at least, he, he's, he's trying to be a little forward-thinking. He is. He's a forward-thinking, he's creative. The, the is, one thing I worry about is this is not going to be able to, uh, to be a team that runs and guns their way to points. I think you might be able to do that. They have some bigs that could run. They have a big that could pass in, in Noah. They have a point guard that used to be fast and is still kind of fast, and they have a, and I think they could. I think they might be able to run and gun a little bit. We'll see. I hope they do. They need, they need some speed. They were like the slowest team in the league last year, so yeah, any sort of speed will be helpful. Yes, I, I guess that that also gets into how much triangle do we actually want to see? With none. Zero. Is, is it, none an option? Absolute zero. Absolutely zero. What is That's the triangle? Fine. Don't worry about it. It's is a it? terrible offense. <laughs> it worked for Jordan. It worked for Kobe. Melo is not Jordan or Kobe, or not, and they don't. They also don't have Shaq or, or Pippen as well. Just right. FYI, don't, so. don't they call Porzingis Latvian Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> did, did I did I not hear that correctly? Oh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. They call Mindogus Kuzmingskis Lithuanian. <laughs> All right, very very early Vegas odds: forty-seven and a half games for the Knicks. <sighs> Over under Lamport go. I wow, it's high. No, yeah, that's really high. If 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 this team, if you were to tell me that everyone on this team would play sixty six games or more over the course of actually no seventy games or more over the course of the season, I'd probably take the over. But I can't. I just can't in my brain think that that's going to happen. So if I had to bet on this, I don't really want to bet on this, but I'd have to bet under. So fun fact. Um, when people say, when they make a bet, they always say, like, or not even when they make a bet, when they make, like, proclamations, they're like, oh, but if this guy gets hurt, all bets are off. That is a lie. All <laughs> bets are not off. All bets are still intact, right? Well, no, what I'm saying is I, I, I have to assume that one of these players that's going to be crucial to this team's success will get hurt yeah. for a long time, and I'm going to take the under because of that. Okay. That, that, I, I'm not. I'm not saying if, if X then Y and if Z then uh, Alpha or whatever. <laughs> I, this is what I'm telling you. I think that they, someone will get hurt, and I'm going to take the under because of that. All right, Jake. Over under. I'm going to take the over, even though I said I was going to take. <laughs> what a Knicks fan! What a scrub! 
Now we know who's more delusional. A few no, some things changed in the past few days, and that's the bench signings. They got Brandon Jennings, a decent backup point guard. They got Lance Thomas, and though we need to talk about him, a great wing defender and a good bench player. I think they might sign Langston Galloway. They've done some. If you want to know more, you can go on Posting and Toasting. They have a cool thing about they did some funky stuff with the cap and did some creative stuff with the CBA. So I think they can sign um, Langston Galloway. I think the bench. I think the bench might be actually pretty good if that's the case. And because of that, they have some depth as opposed to not having having any depth whatsoever. And I think they might go over. And the key, the key to this year, despite all these moves and this, all the like all the solid moves with bench, getting Rose, getting Noah, it still is Chris Stapp's Porzingis' development. Oh, we're here. That, we're at that mark. We're here. We're that here. Pants are coming it's off. Time. It's happening. It's, it's time. It's time. Get that lube on. I think this guy. <laughs> I think he's a bona fide superstar, waiting to happen. I am convinced this he is the savior. He is the one. He is the true Porzingis God, and I think he's going to make the leap this year. Okay. And uh, and that's why I think the Knicks are going to go. Over. Let's say he achieves one hundred percent of his potential. Who is he? There's no one, never been anyone like him. That's the thing. He compares to nobody. It's offensively Dirk and defensively Olajuwon. Wow. If, if he reaches 100% of his potential. Wow, you guys are stroking it real. Huh? <laughs> hey, man. You want 100%. I'm giving you 100 and maybe 10%. Okay. But Realistically, how good does he become? That's, I mean, the potential is unlimited. Potential unlimited. That's the truth. I mean, realistically, he becomes a stretch five who shoots 40% from three. And plays great defense and averages 20 and 12, 25 and 12 with like three blocks a game. That's the potential. And that's a Hall of Famer. So, I think I think Anthony Davis was a really good idea. It's a good comp, but he's... Yeah. But, no, I think Porzingis can be better. I really do. He, could, he has more potential. I mean, yeah. it depends on what he does. I, I, I think he's a hard worker. And for me, the best thing about him, he's a European who's tough. Like, oh, he, yeah. He's he actually... He will, infor- he, he will not take crap from anybody he, he's as, a tough as, player as we all know he learned about dread uh dreadlocks a lot earlier than i did he did he, he speaks perfect english so i think which made a huge difference this past year and i think that he's not your typical european all and right. I'm, I'm i'm excited to watch his growth that's so, for me that's the number one thing with the next is Porzingis. okay i can't wait till uh the middle of this season when they <laughs> trade him for russell westbrook oh god oh god i do love would you even want that trade no, no. <laughs> every Knicks fan would hate it, but it's a completely Knicks thing to do. Make the stupidest trade in a decade since would, the James would we Harden. Get, would we get Sabonis in the trade? I don't know. I, don't I know. love Sabonis. I'll so, take Sabonis. No, because he, he, he the reason I bring it up because the Thunder are most they they could be good, but they're most likely going to be mediocre, and they're going to want to get something for Westbrook. And somebody in the East is going to give them a whole lot of shit for Westbrook. And the only team that I can think of who's stupid enough to do that when he's clearly going to sign with the Lakers after is the New York Knicks. Don't strike fear into our hearts like that. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can listen to other podcasts brought to you by the Binge Watchers Mafia on iTunes by searching for Binge Watchers Mafia. You can also subscribe to our blog at bingewatchersmafia.blogspot.com and follow us on Twitter at BWMafia.